The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Week 9 was a crazy one in college football. A lot of upsets, a lot of broken hearts, including my own. We're going to talk about all of these games, and we're going to recap it. Something a little new today, but we're going to do this today on Rising to the Occasion. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Rising to the Occasion. We're coming at you live on a Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Live on a Sunday night. Uh, we don't have Blake with us. He's usually got daddy duties right now, and we're, we're not making enough to be able to do this for a living, so I'm not going to require him to come in. But uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while, where we come on here and give you guys a show for a college football recap, because we advertise ourselves as a national sports show, and during the week in college football, we just have no time to get to anything other than college football because we are huge college football fans. We absolutely want to cover college football, um, but we want to cover more, so we're going to dedicate Sunday nights to recapping the week of college football, and today we're going to get into all of it. Uh, we're going to talk about all of the upsets, all of the fun down-to-the-wire kind of games, and all of the fun games that were going on this past weekend, but before we do, uh, I guess first let me go ahead and bring in my co host that's sitting right over there. Uh, I'm not right here in the same room with me tonight, uh, just because it's later, and so why not just do this virtually? Jeremy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Then I'm not going to lie, I was a little heartbroken at some of the college football games. I know you probably are as well, but hopefully we can just see this as a one-game situation to where we get the, we get the one loss out of the year that is going to come back and hopefully not bite us in the butt. But it was a pretty good weekend of college football overall, obviously. There was a lot of good games. Like I know we're going to talk about some of those, but looking out to it, it it's just another really good weekend of college football. And I know obviously with the season winding down, we're going to be seeing a lot more of these games. And like you mentioned yesterday, what are we going to see at the end of the season? We're going to see some possible upsets here. So I'm going to cut the chit check because I know we got a lot to talk about. So let's get rolling. Yeah, we do. It. We have quite a bit to get to. And, and like I said, we, we love, I mean, I know Blake is a huge college football guy. And so I, I hate that mm-hmm. he can't do this with us, but it's something, you know, we got to, we got to, the show must go on. We got to leave a man behind. Let's leave him behind. Um, but he knows, he knows what's up and uh, he's, always he's always with us in spirit um but Absolutely. yeah i mean just looking at two i guess first before we get into too much too because i don't really want to recap too much about the game because nobody really cares too much but a little shout out to the huskers uh you're, you're up to five wins now you're one one win away from a bowl game and matt rule's first year that's exactly what you were hoping for under matt rule and if you're expecting mm-hmm. much more than that you're crazy and honestly you should be further along than that if you didn't have jeff simpson at quarterback i think you win the minnesota yeah. game so Honestly, I'm looking at the season. It's 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 feeling a lot better for the Huskers. So, little shout out to the Huskers since we're in uh, right around Husker Nation around here. So, uh, just kind of kind of engulfed by them, and of course my family. That's kind of my second team to root for, uh, with my dad, mm-hmm. and my brother being uh, Husker fans and all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, I mean just just looking at, at them, five wins already. Uh, you're you're sitting there in, in a pretty good boat right now if you're a Husker fan. So you're liking what you're seeing from the team standing up and and Purdue's no joke. Uh, they're they're not good this oh. year. They're not. They're not good this year, but uh, they're no joke. So it's fun to see the Huskers uh, doing well. But before we get too much further into it, I do want to mention something to our listeners and our fans, our supporters, and that is just sports betting because sports betting has really been growing 
in popularity a lot. And it's, it's fun because it puts you in on the action a little bit more as a fan. You're not just watching the game, hoping for your team to win. You're kind of going in, if you're like me, you like to put a little bit of cheddar on uh, maybe some prop bets and stuff like that for, for certain players. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, I know last weekend uh, we, we talked about how I hit that big three-leg parlay where I was just picked three guys. I picked it again today and I got the first two. And then the third one was, who did I pick? It was uh, Dalton Schultz, and he couldn't quite get in the end zone. And then, uh, so that, that kind of ruined it. But, you know, it's, it's just fun like that. You just throw a little bit. And again, we always talk about sports gambling and sports betting. We encourage you to bet on sports responsibly and reasonably. Uh, know what your bankroll is and, and just understand that because that's most important when you're getting into it. But it creates more of a game for you. So you, you, you play a little game. You say, I think he can hit over this, under that, or maybe you want to take a, a spread or a line, a total, whatever you want to take and, and you look in there and, and you 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 have fun with it because it now invests you into the game a little more uh, on more than just who you want to win uh, so it really is a lot of fun and line shopping for the best odds really matters when it comes to sports betting and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books and thankfully there's never been a better time or a better way to get signed up and we're here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide in all of sports books. Using our link, and it's down there on the bottom of the screen, or if you're just listening, you can go and uh, click on the link that's down in the, in the description. Uh, and if you're just listening and don't want to look at the description, go to rising2.com slash bet. That's R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O dot com slash B-E-T. You go there, and what the, the amazing thing is, it's so important to, to go here and to find your next best sports book because because this page automatically connects you with the top promotions that each book is going to give you, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. So you might bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Uh, there's all kinds of amazing deals like that. So go over there to rising2.com bet, and it shows you everything that's available in your region, which is another amazing thing about it. It gives you a little bit of a review on each of the top sports books. And then on top of that, you can go in there and, and automatically sign you up with the most exclusive offer for that sports book that it shows you there on the banner in that website. So go to rising2.com slash bet. That's R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O dot com slash B-E-T. Uh, that's, that's an amazing thing uh, to, to, to go to this website and to be able to see it um, because it's, it just makes it so much easier to find what sports books are, are available to you and then also offering you that amazing deal uh, on, on whatever sports book it is that you you would choose. Uh, and it's just an amazing way to find a new sports book. So again, rising2.com slash BET. Uh, you can go there and check it out. Uh, Jeremy, you and I have both have had a lot of success and a lot of fun betting on sports. And again, just doing it reasonably. Um, but tell everybody, what's your favorite sports book that you've used? Oh, man. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I wasn't a big sports better to begin with. Then, um, to be honest with you, I started off with just a simple thing with DraftKings. And then Josh got me into, obviously, with Bro, not Bro Throw, but with this kind of a, an offer now for going on to uh, is Bro Throw. Excuse me. I don't know why I'm thinking it's late in the night. But literally, I'll stick with bro throw or I'll stick with DraftKings is my big thing. Just like Josh mentioned, you can you can literally look at so much little individual things like obviously Josh said the money line, single bet parlays, or just little itty bitty things that you don't see off of some sports books. And it's such an easy thing, especially for bro throw. You can do it in all fifty states compared to DraftKings to where you can only do it in specific states. Then 
like I said, I've always stuck with DraftKings just because it's always it's a little easier for us just because we are in a place to where we can do are able to use DraftKings. But that's always been my big thing is DraftKings or Bro Throw. But I have looked a little bit on FanDuel as well, but I'm still getting into the ropes of FanDuel. I, I might have you help me with that a little bit, Josh, because you've been yeah. on it a little longer than I have. Yeah, I've been using FanDuel. That's another one that I love too. So you can always go to rising2.com slash bet and look at all of those top ones. There, there's a lot of fun ones out there too that offer just different things. Bet River is another big one that's been growing. Points Bet mm-hmm. is another one that's been growing. Uh, bet, uh, what is it, MGM, uh, MGM. Caesar. There, there's all kinds of them. And you can sign up for several. And like I said, shopping for the best lines too. So it's it's a lot of fun. And like I said, just be responsible with it. And and it, it really can. It, can. it can add to your bankroll. Uh, and, and I see Mike Berlin joins us tonight. He says, needed to know that, know your bankroll disclaimer before this, this college football weekend. Man, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, we actually did a good job on our bets. Let's see, we were uh, three for five total. The one was just kind of like the, the you know, the uh, uh, BYU pick. We picked them to cover. And it was it was only wrong because like we, we, like we mentioned, we're like, oh, we're going to pick BYU to cover this 20 points, this 20 and a half. Only because we think we're going to get the right Keaton, Keaton Sloven. Uh, so which one are we going to yeah. get? And, and we ended up getting the wrong guy. But uh, it, it's all good, though. And, it, and it, we, we ended up uh, making out. So we were actually, uh, let's see, what was that? We were three, four, three we were for, six. I think we were six for eight uh, on, on the actual bets that we put out there uh, on Bro Throw this past weekend. So we did I'll pretty good as, as a team. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that all day. We were ahead of the schedule. And uh, we've had a couple of weekends where we were like that. So we're, we're starting to we're starting to roll that out there. And, and like I said, it's Let's just go. fun to be able to put our put our money, money where our mouth is. We talk about sports all the time. But, man, let's get into it. Let's start off with the game that I really don't want to talk about. Uh, that's the Oklahoma Sooners. My Oklahoma Sooners just not performing. Go to Lawrence and you blow it. And we talked about this too. We were talking about Oklahoma and uh, what what they have brought to the table all season long, and they look like a totally different team. We all talked about them. There's no way they don't come out and they wake up this time. Uh, the weather wasn't in their favor, uh, and if you if you have to take a running game, which is what Saturday turned into, obviously if it's going to be running game against running game, you're going to pick Kansas on that. Uh, realistically, you would think we were talking about this. We thought Oklahoma's run defense has been good enough, but are they going to wake up? And I I don't know. So uh, first of all, maybe the haters are right. Uh, Maybe the haters were right about Oklahoma just not being there anymore. Uh, Dylan Gabriel didn't have a bad game. It's just he didn't have a lot of uh, a a lot of opportunities because of the weather. Uh, They had a weather delay, too, which really hurt their momentum. That kind of sucked in the timing of that. But ultimately, Jeff Levy, I hope you listen to this podcast because I love you, Jeff Levy. Uh, he is an amazing offensive coordinator, but this is two weeks in a row where I don't understand what's going through an offensive play caller's head. Because when you get cover zero thrown at you several times in a row, sooner or later you have got to recognize that and throw it over the top of the safeties. Uh, well, wait, mm-hmm. what safeties? Because it's cover zero. There's nobody back there. Throw it over the top of them. So, I mean, th- that's that's the big reason why Oklahoma lost this game um, because there were several times where on a third down uh, that they didn't utilize that. They, they saw that they were loading the box and they didn't try to go over top of them when nobody's sitting deep uh, or late in the game when we're, we're running the ball really well, sure. But first of all, you take your, your guy out, Tawi Walker, who was just having an amazing day, uh, he he looked really good. He he had 23 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Just he had an amazing day, and you take him out for what reason? 
because none of the none of the other guys, Sawchuk and Barnes, were not having a good day. So why do you take him out? But then on top of that, you 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 run the running back up the middle into all the coverage when you could be you could be lighting them up. We've got the receivers that they can't hang up with. Uh, we saw that several times where they were they were interfering with the receivers because they knew they couldn't beat them. Uh, there was one where Brennan Thompson ends up having a huge catch down the sideline. Big, you know, it wasn't really as big as it, it looks in real time, but uh, a big pass interference there because he knew he wasn't going to get him. He knew he can't he, he can't keep up with him. Uh, and so, you know, stuff like that, you see that nonstop go over the top of him. So ultimately, I boil this down to just an offense that was not helping the defense whatsoever. However, I, I didn't I didn't hate what I saw on the defense other than the fact that there was just way too many missed tackles and they were being confused by the motion rather than just sitting home understanding that there's going to be motion and ignoring it uh, and, and just playing it, I guess, not ignoring it, but just playing the motion. Uh, it just seems like a lot of confusion. So hats off to Kansas. They had a really good game plan, and I love Lance Leipold, and so I love what he's doing there. So hats off to them, uh, and, and go have a day, Kansas. Uh, throw on your, your your field goal post in the in the lake or whatever it was. That's a lot of fun. Uh, so and and if that if this means this win means that much to you, go have a day. Uh, but I, I don't know, Jeremy. Were the haters right? Is Oklahoma just not all that, and they're just on a downslope after be- beating Texas? I mean, there's a part of me that wants to say yes, and there's a part of me that wants to say no. The reason why I say yes is just because after Texas, we were looking into this upcoming game, and we thought that we can just easily roll over Kansas. But obviously, we've also talked about Kansas being one of these sneaky good teams to where if we don't prepare rightly, we can – we could be in a dogfight throughout the entire game. And looking at this overall satisfaction of the game, I'm in the same boat with you. There was some things I was really not impressed with. And just looking at the overall aspect of the game, it's it just seemed like Oklahoma just shot themselves in the foot in this type of situation. Just because Oklahoma, after the rain delay, and it seemed like to me Oklahoma gained new life. They gained, they start out strong, and they marched down to the end zone. Then they looked like they were taking advantage of it. But what happened right after Oklahoma scored? Kansas did the exact same thing. They marched down the field. They put points on the board, and it was just going to be a battle for what we obviously expected obviously with the rain and everything i know it stopped for a little bit of time and then it came back and got pretty heavy so we're obviously going to rely on the run game and hopefully the special teams can get their game going as well but as you obviously saw with the drop punt then that didn't help for oklahoma obviously then just watching in their secondary like you said just seeing seeing plays to where it goes for extra yards and not getting your your deep guys just to wrap up and make that simple tapple and it, it it's just ridiculous just we expect so much better out of out of Oklahoma but also a part of me like I said there's a yes to it and there's a no to it the reason why I say no is just because everybody's not going to be perfect here you're going to have these one or two games hopefully not two games just hopefully this one little slip and we can we can unfortunately look at that stat and see the one loss on the board, but we can just strive throughout here through the rest of the regular season and hopefully march in the postseason and just be strong and dominant. But, I mean, even obviously you mentioned Brennan Thompson. Like, I'm even going to talk about like, Dylan Gabriel. I know he only got targeted four times, but you look at the entire situation, the outcome, they still didn't 
they still didn't get the success like we we're used to normally seeing Oklahoma play. And even shows back to the UCF game last week, just because we saw we were there obviously, and we saw so many things that needed to be touched up on. And it just seems like to me that they they didn't touch up on some of those things. So I hope after these last two weeks, and even looking deeper against Texas that we can sincerely go back into this film session and we can progress on it and learn from it just so we can actually play better. Like we usually see Oklahoma play. Yeah. And, and shout out to, uh, it was Kenny Logan jr. To the safety over there for Kansas. He was just, yeah. he was a, a, a force to be reckoned with. He was really good. Mm. Uh, did a lot of good things yeah. too. Uh, one sec, oh, man, I know I've got a sneeze coming and I feel like it's going to come and then it, it it's just, brewing. It just hasn't gotten there. Yet. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he, he had a really good day. Um, but honestly, the Ethan Downs interception there on that screen, that should have been the end of the game, and Oklahoma just couldn't yeah. capitalize. <clears throat> Man, finally got it out. There, there we go. Is. That's feeling better. And for those who don't know, too, I've been fighting, like, this weird, like, cold sinus infection, whatever it is, uh, for a little bit, for, like, a whole week and a half now, and it's just, it won't go away. But, uh, yeah, I just, it was, it was a really upsetting game, uh, just looking at how, you know, I, I think missed tackles was the only thing on defense I really saw because I didn't see blown coverages or missed assignments so much as just missed tackles. That was really what it all came down to. Um, whereas yeah. on on the offensive side of the ball, that's where I feel like we lost the game because the defense didn't play bad enough. It's just that the the the, the defense was put against with their with their backs against the wall and they were out there too much and the offense just wasn't moving when you have your first uh the fir- your first drive turn into a pick six after your defense just had a huge stop to force them uh to turn the ball back over to you uh and, and the defense has not yeah. allowed a touchdown in the first drive all season long and so that's just that's something that I'm not going to blame the defense because the offense didn't I, I know the defense let up 38 points for one that's not true because they didn't allow uh the the six the seven that came from the pick six uh, and then on top of that, just it, it, they were they were on the field too much. So that's where I don't put the blame on uh, on the defense so much, but the offense absolutely. And like I said, cover zero's got to be something you work on and you recognize uh, whether it's a, a Jeff Levy or Dylan Gabriel, whoever it is that's in char- charge of making that decision to. to change it up and audible that's got to be made right now uh because that's happened two weeks in a row and we've something's definitely got to happen and, and if if i'm noticing it i know that he's seeing it i know that a guy like jeff levy's gonna see it so change it figure something out you you've got the, you've got the dudes um but I, I can rant on and on about that game i was very upset uh and just had a nice mellow day for the rest of the day just went outside by the uh in, in the three inches of snow that we got and set up and and, and made a, a quick fire and just relaxed out there but let's jump over to Penn State, uh, who is currently number 10 in the nation and based on the AP poll. The playoff rankings do come out this week, I believe, on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so that's going to be exciting to see what the new playoff uh, rankings are going to show. But we looked at this game, man. Penn State was having issues, and, and Blake was right. He said that this is the reason why he didn't have Penn State in his top 10. I don't quite agree with that because I think this is just IU and what they do. Uh, I, I think this is just one of those matchups that you look at and, and you just recognize that IU is just one of those upset teams. They don't care that they're not going to have a good season. They don't care that they're not good. They just want to bring you down and they want to make you look worse than you really are. But Drew Aller, I don't, I don't think he had a terrible game. Uh, he didn't, didn't throw too many bad balls. He did have one interception, but he ended up having 210 yards and three touchdowns in a nasty day. Uh, it was, it was maybe not as nasty over there as it was maybe in Kansas or up here uh, in, in Iowa, Nebraska, but it was still just not a, not a fun, 
football day to be playing outside in. So I'm not going to discredit too much what a quarterback can do in that kind of weather. Uh, but then you look at Soresby over for IU. He really kept this IU team in it. Uh, and he just hasn't really been great all season long. But this is his, his best game that I've seen all season long. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of IU games, but I've watched whenever they're going against big opponents like Ohio State and keeping close with them. And now Penn State keeping it close with them. He ended up having 269 yards. Uh, he went 13 of 19 and three touchdowns. So he had a day. Uh, but whenever you look at this Penn State team, what we saw against Ohio State is not being able to get your two amazing runners, uh, your, your two amazing running backs, getting them the ball and getting them to to, to rack up the yards. Uh, Nick Singleton, who is a dude that we all have high praise for, he ended the day and only had 50 yards. Uh, on 15 carries. And then Katrin Allen, another dude that we're all very high on, only 81 81 yards on 18 carries. So, I mean, we just haven't seen that production from them. And it's it's not that IU is that team that's going to be able to play smash mouth football with you. Again, it's just that they they want to upset your season. That's all that IU is. Uh, So looking at this game, I I was really shocked to see Penn State performing this poorly, even to an IU team. Uh, But Jeremy, what were you able to pull away from that game there at Penn State? Are they still top 10 worthy? I... I think they're still top 10 worthy, but they're nothing bigger than top 10. I think they stay at the number yeah. 10 spot yeah. just because like you, you look at the rest of the schedule. I know, I don't know exactly what Penn state's lineup looks like, but throughout the entire game, like you mentioned the best, and I was going to say the same thing. Penn state just didn't look like normal Penn state. They were completely out of rhythm here. And like you obviously said, drew Aller having still a decent day for despite the weather for having 210 yards. I'm not going to complain with that for a quarterback perspective and he shouldn't be either. You definitely have to, you have to think it's that kind of an aspect, what you got to play in, whether it's obviously you and I know Josh, whether playing in snow, playing in rain, then it, it does play a big factor in this kind of a situation just, but also Indiana, they're deaf. They're definitely one of those. There's, Teams that can definitely also come back and surprise you. I know, obviously, had now sitting at a two and six record, but they were definitely hanging in with Penn State, and we were really, really surprised because we think we've seen Penn State and they come out and just steamroll people with their running game, and obviously, only having not even a little over one hundred ten yards on the whole day between their two main rushers. But you look at this kind of an aspect. I don't know about Penn State here just because you look at these teams and you talk about Penn State going against a good team like what we talked about with Ohio State last week. And I, I'm i starting to get a little leery here with Penn State just because you get into a team like this against Indiana and you're having to, claw, to fight and claw for this kind of a win. I understand, like, it's one thing to – Go against a team to where you know you're going to absolutely pancake and roll over them. But against a team like Indiana that can come up and surprise you, I was really, really surprised just because I I was listening to a lot of college games on the way up to Minnesota this yesterday. And I tell you what, there's definitely a lot of these teams that we have in our top 10 that deserve the rifle spot and there's some teams that i think we might have to make a small little bit well, of an and, adjustment and it's teams like penn state that i think just deserve I, th- I think they still deserve that top 10 like i i i honestly i'm looking at the at the ap poll and i i agree with the ap poll the last two weeks more than i've ever agreed with it i think in my probably my lifetime um but yeah. i just looking at penn state they're one of those teams that i think you deserve in that top 10 just because the guy the guys below you 
maybe don't deserve it quite as much as you do. And that's the only thing. But Mike Berlin even says something very similar uh, to what I was going to bring up. Penn State folded after they had OSU a loss, realized they weren't those dudes and quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's very similar with Maryland. I think you look at Maryland and what yeah. they what they did. Uh, they got beat up by Ohio State. Well, I mean, they were beating up Ohio State and then just got smashed in that second half. And, you know, you look at, at Maryland, now they're on, I think, three three straight losses. But to, to mm-hmm. go to your point with uh, Penn State's season, the, re- or the rest of their season, they've got Maryland, who wants, that's going to be this upcoming week, who wants to get back on the winning train. They, they were 5-0, and oh, if I remember correctly, they were 5-0, and oh, and then now are on three straight losses. So this is a mm-hmm. Maryland team that wants to bounce back, wants to have that win. Why not make it a big-time win? Um, because they, 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 they want that, and they're dangerous enough where they could do that. Um, so they've got Definitely. Maryland. Uh, that's at Maryland too. So upset alert. Uh, we might have to touch on this one this this upcoming week. We'll we'll we see. Um, Michigan. And it's going to be at home, but Michigan's going to come to Penn State. We'll have to, to keep an eye on that one because are they going to be the team that that folds and and realizes that they're not those dudes, uh, or are they going to stand up against the big dogs in, uh, from Ann Arbor? And then they've got Rutgers. That should be a game that they should win. But the Rutgers are looking surprisingly good this year. They're at six and two. Uh, and then they've got Michigan State, who they should they're be able surprising to people whoop up on. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the rest of their, their schedule. I don't know. I see two or three losses in there, depending on how they play. Uh, so I mean, if they're if they're playing like this, the way that they played against IU, man, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see it in these guys. I, and I agree. I don't think they are those guys. Uh, but if they win out, uh, especially the fact that they go against Michigan, they could have a very good chance of of squeezing their way in. It really relies on what happens in Ohio State Michigan game uh, for the most part. But yeah, I mean, looking at Penn State, I don't know. They're they're one of those teams. I'm not going to write them off. I'm just I'm not I'm not impressed, especially by that performance against IU. Absolutely. I mean, you look at this kind of a situation. If you if you look in this aspect and you see Penn State just folding here, I I don't even see him being in the top fifteen. If you if you get into this kind of a situation where you just lose one more game, it's gonna be you're gonna be clawing just to try and even get into a bowl game situation. Oh, and Mike even says, is, is Michigan able to get Penn State signs? If so, Michigan by, by 60. <laughs> by 60. If they, if they don't get those signs, maybe they find out that they're stealing their signs and they pull a TCU and change up those signs and just leave them lost out there too. I don't know. Hey, uh, but no, you never know. It's all, it's all fun to, to kind of tease them for that. But we'll have to touch on that a little bit this week too and, and get into that story a little deeper too because I, I was reading up on yeah. it. And there, it's even sketchier uh, than when it, what, what it sounded like to begin with. Uh, so we're, we're, we might have to touch on that story a little bit, but let's jump over to the cocktail party. We got Georgia just mm. whooping up on them Gators, and I see that uh, earlier we popped up that that chat from uh, Chet, the chat from Chet uh, that that was saying something about he took the Gators. Guess what? We actually won that bet because we took the, the the Bulldogs to come out. Hey, they just had a bad week last week. Uh, we expect them to come out, and the Gators just don't look good, man. I just I don't like what what I'm seeing from the Gators at all this year. Uh, they, they, they look good enough to hang around, but they don't look good enough to win, win games really. Uh, and they're, they're sitting there at five and three, so I can't really rag on them too much. Like they're terrible. They're just not good enough to win these big games. And, and it shows whenever they go against Kentucky and get killed. Uh, and then now coming mm-hmm. in here and losing by 23, Georgia ends up winning 43 to 20. And again, what did I say? I think this is going to be the, the Carson Beck showing for him to take one step forward. And what happened? Carson Beck came out he and, and he had a showing, uh, man, he, he looked really good. Uh, he, he wasn't the most efficient, 
but he was efficient enough to get it to his guys and let his his guys make make uh, you know a, a good run. And, and we were naming off receivers, and I don't know why I forgot on Saturday to name off McConkey as being one of those guys that he could go yeah. to because McConkey had a game. Uh, who's going to step in that that role of Brock Bowers? That's what everybody's saying, and we we talked about it. Yeah, that that hurts the team. But it's not going to destroy the team the way a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, so McConkey, yeah. he ended up having 135 yards with the touchdown, 135 yards on six receptions. The dude was just yeah. on fire. Uh, so I mean, looking at looking at this this Georgia team, uh, if if 22 and a half yards a carry isn't filling in, or uh, uh, 22 and a half yards per reception isn't filling in for Brock Bowers. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, we even, we brought up love it and Delp and what they could be able to do. And they stepped in and did their part too. Not maybe not quite as much as what McConkey did, but they didn't have to, um, because they, they also ran the ball very well as a team that, that front, uh, the, 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 the offensive line blocking just as we expect them to, uh, and doing a really good job in the run game, uh, and, and seeing everything that they did, uh, two touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground. That's a very balanced game. And Georgia just ends up coming out and just looking like, the, the team that's going to come out and, and three-peat. Uh, we can look and we can talk about Ohio State, and we, which we'll get to Ohio State, but uh, we can talk about Ohio State and Michigan and Florida State and even Washington and, and talk about these teams all we want. But the team to beat right now is obviously Georgia. I, I just don't see another way around it. And and so uh, they, they have a favorable schedule too because looking at their schedule, let's see, they've got Missouri this upcoming week. They do have Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is good enough to do anything. Ole Miss is just kind of there. They're surprising people, though. Yeah, they're. I don't know if they're surprising people. Uh, I think they're 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 hanging around. I think I think that's how I would yeah. I would I would call it. Uh, they're they're not bad. They're they're looking good. I would still say Oklahoma is better than Ole Miss. As bad as Oklahoma looked the last two weeks, um, but who knows? It's nebulous, as Michael Scott would say. I, I love pulling out that because <laughs> I, I just I can't think of. Uh, when somebody says "Who knows?" I can't help but to say it's nebulous. It's it's just instilled within me. Um, but but you know, so they have uh, Missouri, then Ole Miss, uh, and those are both at home. And then they go to Tennessee, which could be a little scare. And then they got Georgia Tech, which we'll actually talk about Georgia Tech later. But um, it, it just looking at, looking at what the Bulldogs have, they have a favorable schedule when it comes down to it because they've got two of their tougher games at home. When you're talking about Missouri, who I think is very scary, and then Ole Miss, who could do something. Uh, I'd say one really tough game going to Tennessee because Tennessee's one of those teams right now. They're not great, but they're scary. Um, but looking at what the Bulldogs did to the Gators, uh, I don't think we had much of a doubt that the, that the Bulldogs would come out and win this game big. Don't get me wrong. I'll give Florida the – I'll give Florida credit. You can you can bite on the dogs all you want, but until your mouth gets taped shut like you normally see an alligator, then it's just all sudden it's just all said and done there. I mean, I'll, like I said, I'll give I'll give Florida some props here, and obviously for Graham Mertz, still throwing twenty five for thirty four and having two hundred thirty yards on the day against a it. I'm not even gonna say it's a good Georgia team. It's Georgia is all I'm gonna say. What else do you really have to say about Georgia? Damn good. And, team. Yeah, there you go. They're not a good team. They're a damn good team. But like looking at Florida, I got to give so much respect for them. They try to hang them with the top dogs, and I'll give them that. I mean, they still got beat by 23. But you you got to think of this benefactor. Well, this is the team that everybody has on their back. And I tell you what, the kennel for Georgia just keeps big, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger with all the opponents that they just keep big. They keep winning and stuffing in their cage, just because. If you're going to knock down Georgia, 
first off, I'm going to say good luck. Second off, if you think you're going to go into Georgia and beat them, you you must have taken a lot of protein powder before you went and played. But still, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. That like we obviously talk about, there's so much talk without without Mr. Brock Bowers, Mr. Georgia, but like you said, just having so much connections with their their receiving game for just this overall game, and it was still like what we normally see normal Georgia. So I don't necessarily see what you can sincerely do to stop Georgia, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now. I know we're going to get to this game this weekend. Uh, it's, absolutely, it's probably going to be the, the key game of the weekend, but the Missouri Tigers going against Georgia Bulldogs. I didn't realize until just now I'm looking at these standings in the in the east right now. Georgia's number 1, Missouri's number 2. If there's not Ooh. if there's not any more motivation Ooh. for for the for the Tigers than oh, that. Oh boy. You are Missouri. Wow. You have not been there since your first year in the league Ooh. if I remember correctly. So I yeah. mean, I'm just saying another upset alert. I don't know, man. If this was at Missouri, I might be I might be sprinkling a little bit of money on Missouri right now as we speak. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I like that game. I'm really excited to see what we got for it. Um, but let's go ahead and, and jump on to our next matchup um, because I, we talked about this game on Saturday. But BYU Texas, uh, Keaton Slovis just he just. He, he didn't show up. He didn't. He didn't play the game. He was no. the Keaton Slovis that we were expecting not to be in the game. Uh, not only did he throw two interceptions, but if I remember correctly, uh, let me see if I can pull that up on the, on the stat sheet. Let me see if I can switch over there real quick and see if I can find. He did. Okay, yeah. Play so I, I I thought for sure he was. I remember seeing a play where he got a strip sack, and that was exactly what happened. Uh, so not only did he have yeah. two interceptions, but he had a fumble on top of that. Just a terrible game from him. Terrible game from the BYU uh, Cougars. And what's what's sad is this. A, this is another another th- a team that your defense actually did very well because mm-hmm. the, the the defense they were they were making stands. Uh, they got a few turnovers, and, and and they were they were playing really well. Uh, and man, I just because they they had I think if I remember correctly, I think they had one turnover uh, and then. They also got an interception, so they had two two turnovers on defense as well. Uh, let me let me double check and 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 prove my or, uh, I've, I've got this. I'm pretty sure can, you're right, Josh. I kind of fact check myself. So yeah, they they did. They got two, two turnovers. They got a fumble and an interception. So yeah, I yep. mean this is a this is a, a BYU defense that actually played pretty well, and and I know they're without Quinn Ewers, but it's still Texas, and and they're, they're you're outmatched, and you were able to stand up and stand tall, and your offense just. Again, another another situation where your offense is putting you against the wall. And uh, hats off to Texas. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm happy for Texas. I, I want to see them succeed because I do think that rematch would be fun right now. If I'm being totally honest, I'm not picking Oklahoma to to. I don't know if I'm going to pick them to to make it to the Big Twelve Championship right now. Um, let alone mm-hmm. beat Texas the second time around. They've got to change a lot of things for me to to get back on that that hype train. Uh, they just they, they really have they've looked terrible these last two games especially specifically on offense but yeah I mean just looking looking at this this Texas team though they're looking really good and even without Quinn Ewers uh, which is something that we talked about they're, they're going to have to look good without him so that way they can make it all the way to that Big 12 championship game and have more of a, a, a higher hopes and now with Oklahoma getting upset it looks even better for them 
So, uh, which Texas actually wants Oklahoma. We've talked about this where Oklahoma doesn't want Texas to win out, but uh, Texas actually wants Oklahoma to win out because they want revenge on that and show to the playoff committee later on that, hey, we deserve to be in there. But Texas just doing their thing and, and they, they win big 35-6 to six against the BYU Cougars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to give some props to Malik Murphy just because there was so much controversy that what's he going to be able to do against a sneaky, decently good BYU team? I mean, you look at their BYU's record, they're 5-3. and three, So like I talked about, there's a lot of these teams, and this is one of the teams that we actually talked about, if I remember right, that they can be, they can be up there and pretty sneaky. But, I mean, like I said, going back to Texas, I, I still give so much prop to Texas, but still at the end of the day, Horns down, boys. Um, like I said, Malik Murphy having a, a pretty good day, throwing 16 for 25 and having 170 yards on the day. Then looking out at the rushing game, obviously, when you talk about Jonathan Brooks having 16 carries for almost right around 100 – that was right around 100 yards, excuse me. But, I mean, still, going against a BYU team – I got to give respect to BYU for hanging in with the Longhorns just because, I mean, you look at these guys and you think that after the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas, then since that since that game and obviously seeing Texas lose, now Texas is going to be firing on all cylinders here, right? But then obviously not having Quentin Ears, then thinking BYU can come in and just completely steamroll Texas and trying to get as much pressure as you can on Malik Murphy, but still Malik Murphy, he definitely didn't, he didn't shine away from that at all. He was just still dominant. Like you see him. Then that one deep, deep yard pass into the end zone. That was a really, really good throw by Malik Murphy. And looking at that kind of an aspect, we know Malik Murphy had an arm and seeing, seeing after this weekend, then I'd definitely be scared just from seeing Malik Murphy after this week, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he performed well, uh, you know, really good. But he 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 did what he needed to do. I, I also think I they think can he use probably his, exceeded his expectation. I feel like he met him for me. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm right. I'm right there. I think he met his expectations. He could have. Yeah, I, I think I would have expected him to throw for 200 yards to to really. Go, go out there but like i said i think byu played really good on defense so i'm not going to knock him too much Definitely. for this one this was a tough game uh let's see i, I forget uh who do they go against this next week because i know it's It'll another big one i think it's texas tech no it's K- k-state okay so they've actually got it's at home so that's a good thing you're you're at home but they go against k-state then tcu uh and then iowa state texas tech so not the, the not the not the Nothing hardest easiest. schedule, but I think you can. I think you can handle that. I think it's going to look just fine for the Texas Longhorns, uh, and and I, I am rooting for them. I hope they. I hope they make it there, uh, just because ultimately I think it's just fun to see Oklahoma Texas. Regardless of how how it ends up, uh, it'll still be good to see Oklahoma Texas going out on top of the Big Twelve, and really nobody can ever come at o- Oklahoma because they have more Big Twelve championships uh, and, and and actual titles than any other team all combined in the Big 12, including Texas. So Shorthorns, you can you can keep your your, uh, your love wherever you want, but uh, keep on keep on talking that ish, but you can't come at me. Uh, anyways, let's go, go over to Oregon, Utah. A game that we talked about, Utah's defense is going to need to stand up and be strong and be very competitive. Uh, they're going to have to be that defense that is just smash mouth. They're going to have to be more aggressive. And we saw... A Utah defense that I feel like started off maybe the first couple of drives where it just, they put themselves in a bad spot. 
and, and they got down early. I think in the first quarter, it was something like 14 to three. And so they just didn't look good. And and they, they never got off. They let Oregon get off to a fast start is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I don't know why it took me so long to just get out there and say it. Uh, they did slow down Bucky Irving. That was one thing I think they did pretty well at. He didn't quite have 100 yards. I think he was somewhere around 80 yards. But ultimately, I mean, just it's just Bo Nix, Bo Heisman. Uh, he just came in. He kind of stole the show. He sat there with close to 250 yards and two passing touchdowns and spread the ball around really well is what I was really happy to see from him. And he was smart. He made very good decisions. Again, effective and efficient. Uh, and just, he, he looked great. Uh, and you look over at the other side, we talked about Bryson Barnes, the pig farmer at quarterback. What are you going to do? Are you going to come out here and look like a pig farmer? Or are you going to look like a, a Heisman contender? Because that's really what you need if you're Bryson Barnes and you're in your Utah, you need this dude to come out here and have a big day. He didn't. He turned the ball over twice, couldn't put the ball in the end zone, and they didn't get the ball in the end zone once, and this is Dan Lanning's defense standing tall and being the more aggressive team. Again, they're the aggressors, and they just came away with a really good win, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy to see what the the Ducks were able to put together against Utah. This is a tough Utah team, regardless of what anyone wants to say about them. I don't care if they don't have Cam Rising. You were able to go up there and score 35 points on a Utah defense who I think is a Big Ten worthy defense, not just this normal Pac-12 defense that you look at. Uh, so just a really good game by the Ducks, and I think that deserves uh, some attention from the from the Ducks. I think that, that they they grabbed a lot of people's attention. I think they're they're starting to earn a little bit more of a, of, of a favorite going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you going back to Utah. I mean, now obviously the the, the words out that Utah is not going to have. Um, they're not going to have uh, – why am I drawing a blank on his name? Cam uh, Rising. Yeah, Cam Rising, thank you. He's done – he's not going to be playing for this year, so obviously they now they have to really rely on Bryson Barnes for this kind of a situation. But still, Utah is one of those good teams that they can – They like I've said before, guys, they can definitely surprise a lot of these people. But I also did mention at the top of the show yesterday that – Utah has to control their defense, and they have to not let Bo Nix use his legs. And I'm going to tell you what, Bo Nix was just still doing Bo Nix things. And you look at Bo Nix and what he's done this entire year so far, he's obviously a Heisman contender. And just looking at what he's able to produce on the field, obviously it's 24 for 31 and having almost 250 yards on the day. I'm not going to be, that's definitely something to where you go into this type of situation going against a good Utah team. And you still come out and only allow them to have six points on the board at the end of the day. So you look at this type of situation I want to ask you this, Josh, now that the official word is out for Utah's quarterback not being able to play for the rest of the year, what do you think is going to be the overall outcome for the rest of the Utah season? Do you think they're going to do you think they're still going to be able to hang in there or do you think that they're going to get some more losses on the year? Let me pull up their schedule real quick because I think that'll determine it quite a bit. I I think they're good enough to kind of hang in there. Let's see. They've got. Arizona State, I think they can win that one, but we've we saw Arizona State put up a good fight against Washington. Maybe they they try to do that upset thing again, but they're sitting there two and yeah. six. I think they can beat Arizona State. Washington at Washington, I think that's a loss. Uh, so I'm going to give them one mm-hmm. loss, and then they've got Arizona and Colorado. So I mean, ultimately, I think they could still have a really good season. Sit there with a three loss season. That that's nothing to be mad about, especially without your car, your your starting quarterback. So. I'm I am still a believer in Utah. I think they still have a good season, and whatever bowl game they end up going into, I think they stand a good chance of of really putting up a good fight against anybody in the nation that they Absolutely. want to go against. 
And I, I think they're one of those teams. Um, but something else to point out for Bo, Bo Nix, and I know we're not getting to our Heisman rankings until Thursday, but I'll throw this out there. I think he's stolen that number one spot for me because uh, you, you look at what he did, 250 50 yards just about. He had five receivers that were over 20 yards. That's how well he spread the ball. That's what I mean by mm-hmm. it's just it's it's not necessarily always about the numbers um, because if it, was, if it was about the numbers, we might throw guys like, uh, Jaden Daniels up there at, at number one every time, even though he has two losses on the season. Uh, it, it does matter about your 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 wins and your losses. Uh, it, it matters about your overall performance as as what what goes down on stat sheets. But then it also goes on, on the things that you can't put on a stat sheet. The things like spreading the ball around and how that how that looks, how how poised he looks in the pocket, and how he affects this team, how he controls this offense, how he how much of a field general he is. Uh, that's that's the kind of things that that I, that we look at when we make our Heisman uh, rankings, and that's that's why I mean I I haven't officially done it yet, but he might be making working his way up to number one. I'll have to take a look and really make my my judgment on that. But it's just I don't see another guy that's performing at the level he is right now uh, because we saw a couple of a couple of bad games from Caleb Williams and and Michael Penix, not bad games, just just not great games the way that we're used to seeing him. So he's he's squeaking his way in there. And there's a couple other guys that I was looking at this weekend that. I think they might be making their way into my top five too, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. But just overall, a really good performance by Oregon, and this was this was the kind of game that we needed to see from them uh, to be able to get themselves put on notice. Uh, and and I really like this from yeah. Oregon, uh, especially after that after that upsetting loss. But uh, let's go over to Duke Louisville because we talked about this. Riley Leonard, we didn't think he was going to play, but he ended up playing uh, and just did not have a good day. He is not a hundred percent, and it is obvious. Uh, he went no. nine of twenty-three and one hundred and twenty yards. Just terrible game. Uh, that that is not good. And so that was really upsetting to see. They couldn't get anything going on the run run game. I think their leading rusher had twenty some yards. Uh, just not not a great day from Duke. And and it was ultimately a Louisville team who we talked about their speed and they're just one of the one of those teams that's all over. They were playing like they were the bigger team. They were playing like they were the the more. We, we bring this up a lot, but it's always it's it's always when you look at the winner, it's usually the team that's going to show that they're more aggressive and and use that as their momentum. Louisville didn't just win this game. We took them at minus minus six and a half, and we were sitting there thinking, or maybe it was minus six. Uh, we we took them as as a team bet this weekend. We were thinking, yeah, it's going to be close. It's it's tough to take that whole touchdown, but I think they could do it. And they ended up winning 23-0, to zero, pitching a shutout and leaving a goose egg on the board for Duke. Uh, so Louisville just looked really good. Uh, uh, sorry, Blake, it's Louisville. L- 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 did I say there that right? you go. Louisville. Louisville. Uh, so just Louisville. looking at, at what they were able to do, the Cardinals had an amazing game, just beating up on the Blue Devils. But, man, I'm just I'm cheering for the Blue Devils. Just get your one more win for a bowl game at least because you're a better team than that. And, and I hate to see it go down with – you know, a six and six season after starting off so so strong, but how about them? How about them cards down in Louisville, dude? I, you gotta be you gotta be amazed with the plumber Jack Plummer. I mean, throwing yeah. eleven for six. I know it's not like what we're usually used to seeing, like compared to Bo Nix, but that's a whole different ball game. Still throwing eleven for sixteen and still having one hundred and seventeen yards on the day. I'm not so but so much impressed a lot of, by him as I am their running game. Uh, look at their. Uh, do you have the stats that's what I was just the, for their their leading rusher? Yeah, that's what I was gonna just bring up. Jahar Jordan having twenty one yeah. carries for a hundred and sixty three yards on the day, dude. If he you have that kind of a game, too. You, 
Exactly. You put yourself into two tutties and having an average of 7.8 yards, that's huge for this kind of an aspect. I mean, looking at the overall team, like they had 234 yards on the whole day. Well, like, we, we talked about we talked about this Louisville team and how Jack Plummer needs to uh, he didn't turn the ball over. We, we that's pr- pretty much all we said. Just be no. efficient. Don't turn the ball over. So there's there's hats off to him for that. Mm-hmm. But we were expecting them to have to utilize that passing game because there's no way you're going to run all over this this Duke Blue Devils defense because they're just bigger and tougher than you. But they did it. They, they use that speed and speed kills. So I mean that was that was really mm-hmm. cool to see with, with with Jordan sit there with 160 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Just I mean I think this Louisville team is a little scarier. Um, let's see right now they I don't think they're well, okay they don't have divisions in the in the uh, in the ACC so they are actually sitting there at number two where the the Louisville Cardinals could be in position to go to the. ACC championship game and play against the Florida Seminoles. The way it sits right now, that's the way it would be. Ooh. So, I mean, this is just a really fun shakeup and a team that we talked about. We didn't have high expectations. I I may have even taken the under on their win total, if I remember correctly. Maybe maybe I hit the over just barely. Um, but there wasn't high expectations from this Louisville team, and they're, they're really outperforming and outkicking their coverage by, by far. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you also look at – like we're talking about the receiving game for Gemini Thrash, like it was still having 73 yards on the day for the overall team. They have 117 yards for the air. Like you still can't, you still can't deny to say that Louisville, I got to say it right for father Blake. Um, they definitely have a, have had a game against a really good Duke team just because it, you look at this overall aspect. Like we talked about on Saturday, we're usually used to seeing Duke and Louisville as a basketball school. But now you look at this kind of a situation, they're definitely stepping up in the football aspect. And both of these teams have definitely been on the rise for becoming a football program. So my hats is off to both Duke and Louisville. But I take it for granted, Louisville obviously came out with a dub and gave that big goose egg for Duke. But this is definitely something I think we're going to be seeing down the road that they're not just known as a basketball school anymore. I think they're going to be recognized both a basketball and a football school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the next game. It's the Washington Huskies, who are currently ranked in the AP poll number five, uh, and I think you just have to put them there because they're undefeated. And uh, but man, these last two weeks, uh, they had that scare against Arizona State, pulled it out the win, mm. and that's ultimately what what matters. And Michael Penix had a good game. I'm, I'm not going to dock him and say he had a bad game. He did have a turnover. But he had a good game, 369 yards and four touchdowns. You can't argue with that one bit. Uh, And and Polk being his leading receiver, sitting there almost 150 yards and two of those touchdowns. Just Washington looked really good, but – I'm sorry, Michael Penix and and his offense looked really good, but that defense just was not looking like the defense that we've seen in, in really the, the rest of the season, I, I don't I don't think even against that Arizona State team, we didn't see the defense fold. But this is Stanford no. we're talking about, not not the Stanford from a few years ago when they had you know guys like Christian McCaffrey or Andrew Luck. This is Stanford of today who may not have a football team much longer because they're that bad uh, and they just can't get enough support from it. So I mean I, I I just don't understand what happened on this defense to allow 33 points. It was a two point game going into the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. I mean Washington ends up winning the fourth quarter, ends up winning 42 to 40, uh, 42 to 33. I would have taken Washington to cover by 20 points in this game, 
and I'm uh, I'm glad I didn't. That's that's two two weeks in a row where I didn't bet on Washington, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have lost both of those bets. Um, but just looking at Washington and and seeing what they were they were a uh, okay, so it was a 27 and a half point favorite uh, going into this game. They did not live up to that expectation whatsoever. Uh, the 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 points total definitely hit. It was sitting there at 62. They absolutely smashed that. Uh, but I just man, looking at, looking at this Washington team. Are they kind of in a similar boat as Oklahoma? They have that one big win, which they, for them was against Oregon, and they're just starting to slow down after that. Maybe they they got they they're winded. They they don't have enough to finish off the season. What do you see with this Washington team right now? To be completely honest with you, after seeing Washington's defense, I sincerely think that they're in the kind of same situation as Oklahoma here. Like you have that big breakout game and. Now it just seems like they're just holding on for the ride and just trying to manage to squeeze by and get a win here. Like, like you brought up a good topic, obviously, going back to the weekend against Arizona State. We sincerely thought Arizona State was just going to be getting their getting completely mowed. And then I said the score of the, the score of the game, we all ran in there like stink on you know what. But like overall in the aspect, I sincerely am kind of scared for Washington and Michael Penix Jr. I understand like Michael Penix Jr. is still the same Michael Penix Jr. that we're used to seeing and putting up 21 for 38 and having almost 370 yards on the game. But still, on the other side of the on the other side of the ball on the defensive side, you gotta step up on this kind of a situation. Like we've talked about this a lot. You see offensives marching down the field and putting points on the board, having that hype energy, and you gotta have you gotta transfer that over to the defense here. I'm sorry, but to me it just seems like their defense is really really lacking in my overall aspect. Just because like you, like I said, you see your offense go down, march, and put points on the board. And I understand you still beat Stanford, but you only you still allow Stanford to score 33 points and having that much of a point deficit going into the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, but if I was Washington, I'd still be a little bit pissed off and be upset just because we should be beating these guys by 20, like what this point spread was saying. So. Yeah, and, and, I, I agree with you, Josh. And I think they're in the same boat as Oklahoma just for the simple fact that both teams still have the season ahead of them and they could both win out and still have an F- a phenomenal season. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Either one of these teams could still be. Because if you look at Oklahoma in that Texas game, uh, like we talked about, Oklahoma was the more aggressive team. I think they won that game rather than what a lot of people were going to say. Texas lost it. I think they won that game. And I, I think if Oklahoma plays like that but fixes some of the mistakes that they made, they are they are capable of beating any team in the nation. Same thing with Washington. You look at Washington in that Oregon game, uh, I think Oregon did beat themselves a little more than what Texas beat themselves because they just they had did. bad play calling. But ultimately, when it came down to it and you needed to score, you took two plays and put the ball in the end zone. Uh, so I think Washington still earned that win. I'm not trying to take that win away from them by saying that Oregon beat themselves, um, but it was just bad play calling, and I think everybody could agree with that. But, yeah, I think they're both in the same boat in in the sense that they are both good enough teams as a collective that if they piece together what what we've seen out of the best of them, they could beat anybody in the nation. But we're just not Mm -hmm. seeing it right now, and they need to fix those things before these big games come. Um, you know, when, when you look at Washington having to go against or uh, against uh, Utah, and then if you go against Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game, that's really tough. You're going to have to to take that into consideration and, and really really work on those things and fix them before that time comes. But uh, Jeremy, do we have a, a little bit of a word from our friends over at SeatGeek? 
Oh, dude, we always got to talk about SeatGeek. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Like, if you're a fan of live events, whether it's sports, music, theater, or whatever the situation is, guys, I I will guarantee you, you will you can go on Ticketmaster. Uh, I'm not trying to brag about them, but you go to Ticketmaster and you can see individual spots and where you want to sit, but they don't have an actual visualization to where you're going to be sitting at, and you can actually see the picture of where you're going to be sitting at, guys. I tell you what, SeatGeek, I sincerely love SeatGeek. Josh has used SeatGeek multiple times. I've used SeatGeek multiple times, but I'm going to tell you right now, guys, it gets even better. SeatGeek grades every ticker from red to green value based on their value. Like, obviously, red is in the situation to where it's not the greatest to see, but obviously it's still going to be there. Then you see the green sections or the green seats, excuse me, and you see those kind of seats. Those are great marquee seats, and they're at a great base price, so you got to jump on that, guys. But, like, um, it'll, really, it'll help you meet, identify, like, also in your budget, and that's a great thing that I love just because I don't like to do math and try and, and think out my overall total. Plus, the purchase is fully guaranteed, so you don't have to necessarily worry about that factor. And since we love Seeky so much, and they love all of us, that we've teamed up with them to give you an amazing offer. If you use the code down below, R2TO, you will get $20 off of your of your ticket purchases i've used SeatGeek multiple times and i've seen so many different concerts i had the opportunity to go see jelly roll and i i was looking at SeatGeek last minute and i saw so many tickets but i already previously committed to a concert that i went up to in minnesota but SeatGeek is definitely the way is the way to go guys so seriously go to seatgeek.com and use the code down below that's r2to and you will get 20 dollars off your order josh yeah, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing site, and uh, you know, even even at that, so like those that color coding too. Just to think of that, it's, it, it makes it so much easier. You see a green, you know, it's a good deal, I love it. Uh, and 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 it it kind of bases that that good deal based on other markets, and and so it gives you the the best deals. It gives you the the, the thing I think I'm like the most about SeatGeek that I don't get with any other app or any other website is that it will tell you your total right there to your face before you have to go through steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, it, it'll say there's, this is what it is before your fees that you're going to have to pay because you have to pay SeatGeek for offering the service. Uh, and that, and that, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's just some of these go way out of hand. I don't think SeatGeek charges too yes. much for that stuff. Um, but then on, on top of that, no. before you even have to go any further, it's going to tell you that total. Uh, so yeah, I, I love it. I use the SeatGeek app for everything. So you can go to SeatGeek.com or use a SeatGeek app and use code R2TO for $20 off your first purchase. But let's get into these last few matchups here because we got a couple a couple more to get to. Uh, and I guess before we get any further too, everybody who's watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. Or if you're watching on Facebook, we go live on Facebook now uh, as well. So we can always, uh, we, we can use your likes on there too. We can if, go ahead and follow us if you're on Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, you YouTube is where we're pushing the most right now. So if you can help us out and help us keep on growing over there because we're really close to, to pushing over the edge. So hit that like button on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, help us out a lot. And then if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anything like that, give us a five-star review too while you're listening because that, that helps us out a lot, guys. And you guys have been helping us. We've been growing because of your support. Um, but let's get into Ohio State going to Madison, Wisconsin. They go to the Badgers and they go and play 
a very tough, a very gritty game. We we know that the Badgers, even on their down years, uh, are going to be a tough a tough team to go against. And this is Luke Fickle's first year uh, with the Badgers too, so we don't expect a lot from him in the sense that you know we're going to look at at him and expect him to come out here and just win the Big Ten. Uh, he's he's sitting in a in a good spot if he can if he can piece together the rest of the season looking all right. Uh, where where I mean they could possibly work their way up to the Big Ten championship game, uh, and and who knows how how all that's going to work out in the West. The West is just kind of a cluster right now. You've got Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota all kind of tied right there uh, for the top in there. So uh, who knows? Wisconsin could meet up with Ohio State again, uh, and that would be a very fun game. But uh, Tanner Mordecai doesn't end up end up playing in this game. Uh, we end up seeing Locke come in, Braden Locke, and he comes in and just doesn't really perform great. But what Wisconsin was doing really well on in the in the first half was their defense standing tall, and o- Ohio State was just having a hard time working it on the field. I feel like Kyle McCord he didn't look good really all game long. And and here's the thing is that Kyle McCord's not a great quarterback, so you're going to have to help him out and and set him up into good situations. Travion Henderson with his first game back he had a phenomenal game. He had 24 carries and 162 yards, put himself in the end zone one time as well. So he he looked really good. But what Kyle McCord knew he. Could could do if he was stuck in a situation where he couldn't get the ball out and he didn't know who to get it to is just toss it up within 20 yards of Marvin Harrison Jr. and let him go get it because that man was cooking at 20 and a half yards per reception putting up 123 yards and two touchdowns with six receptions on the day Marvin Harrison Jr. absolutely I think without a doubt the best player uh, of any position in college football right now and games like this are exactly what proves that I just I, I don't see another guy that's adding to the team as much as Marvin Harrison Jr. has. But uh, how about them Buckeyes being able to pull out? Uh, I mean, they, they were tied ten to ten. Travion Henderson was a big part of that, but but Marvin Harrison Jr. was even bigger. How many times are we going to talk about this guy? Because I know we're our viewers; they probably just love hearing us talk about Marvin Harrison. I know Jr. you love talking literally. About him. Oh, dude, I, I, I literally watch Marvin Harrison Jr. almost every week, and every time I see something different in him, and it just completely mind-boggles me just for his overall talent and physicality. It's definitely an unbelievable talent that he's he's blessed to be able to get on the football field. But literally, like you said, having 123 yards on the day still is is a big number. Like Even compared to like the other wideouts, like obviously, like you said, I say TVHD for Trayvon Henderson, and – like still only having four four uh, four receptions and still having almost fifty yards in the game. Like outside of Marvin Harrison Jr., that's going to be one of the big guys that obviously Kyle McCord is going to be looking to. So I give him I give him a lot of props for taking for granted. He's he look he scans the field obviously and he looks at all this White House. He doesn't have the capability like what you see with Bo Nixon having all your wide receivers having unbelievable numbers, but still you got to give Kyle McCord a lot of respect and credit here. Having an Ohio State team that's undefeated still this late in the season, that's a big accomplishment for Kyle McCord and the Ohio State Buckeyes. I, I sincerely give Ohio State a lot of credit, but also for even looking on the other side of the ball for Wisconsin, I know a lot of people say Wisconsin. I always say Wisconsin just because I love getting my old Wisconsin buddies a little grief. Like, you look at their rushing in for Braylon Allen, I mean, only having 50 yards on the day, and their their overall rushing wasn't like what we usually see for Wisconsin, only having 94 yards on the whole day, and even for the receiving yardage, only having 165 for the total, total overall aspect of this game. Like, 
I still I still give Wisconsin some credit. They're still a team that is going to be hanging in there. And like you said, we can easily see these two teams be playing each other again. So looking at this kind of a, a particular situation, I think we still have – I think we're going to have a rematch of this, like in my opinion. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me just because of the way that the West could no. shake out. Uh, I, 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 tr- I think – Iowa's probably going to be the team to, to take that spot. It's just the way it's looking. But, I mean, with it being so wide open like that, I mean, hey, let's let's root for the Huskers to get a couple more wins and them squeeze in there. How amazing would that be? Go get big get red, yourself baby. up to, to seven wins and just be just good enough to squeeze in there. Uh, I mean, we can, we, can, we can cheer for it, right? Um, hey, I, I, yeah, will, I, mean, I will have to say they would have a little more wins if they didn't start you-know-who at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I, they would, too. And that's, that's the upsetting part, too, is you would be leading – Right now, I, I I believe Nebraska would be in the driver's spot of the Big Ten West if they would have just pulled Jeff Sims in that Minnesota game because he was the reason they lost. He gave up too many points. Uh, no, just mm-hmm. looking looking at, at this this Ohio State team too, and I'm I'm seeing a lot of hate from him. And I, I know I can understand where Blake's coming from. He's in the same boat. Him and I have have a disagreement on Ohio State, but I think Ohio State is the team right now to beat. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to take that away from, I'm not, I'm not going to take it away from Michigan yet. And, and I've said that I, I, I can't take it away from Michigan, especially not on a bye week. I can't take it away from Michigan, but looking at Ohio state, I mean, everyone wants to rag on them and say, well, all they've got is their, is their defense. I mean, they're still putting up 420 some yards a game. They're only allowing on defense, only allowing 260 yards a game. That's that's a phenomenal defense. That is a championship winning defense. So I mean, I'm looking at Ohio State honestly, and, and I, I I truly believe they are. Man, I'm I'm still leaning towards Ohio State right now. There's they they there's they're giving me a slight edge where I'm I'm really leaning Ohio State, even against Michigan. I, I'm just I, it's it it can change. It can be tossed up there. So don't hold me against it. I'm not making my official pick. I'm just leaning that way right now because I really like what I'm seeing out of the Buckeyes right now, and I think they're putting together a a whole performance. Uh, and, and and I don't think we've seen the best out of them. But the fact that they've got Marvin Harrison Jr. out there, Travion Henderson coming back was huge for them, and th- they can utilize that even more down the road. So I'm really excited for the Buckeyes. I th- I think I think they've got a really good road a road up ahead of them. I sincerely do too. But like you but, look at this also aspect. Look who look who Michigan's played against. That's another big thing that I see. So looking at this kind of an outcome, I'm in the same boat as you, Josh. Like this is def- the Ohio State Michigan game is definitely going to be your de- your deciding factor between these two teams. Yeah, I don't I don't like to throw that look who they've played against out there as much because it doesn't always equate to who it is but i do agree with the the, the idea behind it because strength of schedule matters big time and, mm-hmm. and the the playoff committee is going to recognize that i honestly i'm, I'm going to take my 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 estimate and my estimation right now i think they're going to put georgia number one i think they're going to put ohio state number two uh, with the playoff committee we'll, we'll see I, I forget if it's monday or tuesday when that comes out but we'll, we'll see whenever that comes I out i want to say it's tuesday i'm pretty sure it is tuesday uh, i'm just i'm just drawing a blank but just I'm throwing out there. I think they're gonna they're gonna rank it Georgia Ohio State. I just can't put Ohio State number two right now because I already put Michigan there. It's it's a weird thing for me because I I, I don't I don't think one really has the edge, and, and the top three spots really the top four or five I'd say the top four because I don't think Washington's there right now. Uh, they they need to fix some things, but the top four spots are really tied for number one in my opinion. So uh, it's 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 there. 
Um, but yeah, let's jump on. I, I guess we can talk about a few upsets, at, you know, without really diving into them. Uh, of course, we, we've got uh, USC almost got upset. Uh, that's that's doesn't really shock anybody. And I still got to pull that clip for Blake. Uh, they they just do not look good right now. They had to come from behind. They were losing to Cal. Uh, they they can blame the protest on the field or whatever they want to blame, but truly it's just because they have no defense. They ended up having to come from behind to win this game, fifty to forty nine. Uh, just man, goodness gracious, just terrible team lo- that looks over there. Air Force, l- let's let's throw Air Force out there. We've been trying to give them a little bit of a shout out. They didn't upset anybody, but they're sitting at number nineteen right now. And they beat up uh, Colorado State 30-13, to 13, staying undefeated. Uh, and then uh, along with uh, JMU, JMU ended up uh, pulling it off against Old Dominion and ended up winning a 30-27 to 27 against Old Dominion. They're ranked in the top 25 right now, so hats off to them. But let's, let's jump to another upset real quick. Uh, Oregon State. A team that I know Blake had up in his top ten, and he was he was high on them. We're all high on Oregon State. I think Oregon State is a good team, but they ended up losing to Arizona, twenty-seven to twenty-four. We didn't have a whole lot to talk about on that game, but I just wanted to throw out these upsets, anyways. Um, I guess did you did you have anything on 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 that one with Arizona coming up and beating Oregon State? I was mind boggled between that one to say the least, but I mean, I didn't get to watch too the, much of that game, so I, I, I didn't. That's what reason, the reason why I didn't really throw it in there. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was a game that I just, I didn't expect them to lose to Arizona of all teams. No, I, I, I was in the same boat. I never got the opportunity to watch it, but just from what I've heard, that it, you can tell the teams weren't sitting right, like what we usually see for some teams. So I'm gonna have to go get some watching on that highlights, and I can give you guys a better a better outcome. And Josh probably can as well. But just from that kind of an upset, I there's definitely a lot of football teams that we obviously talk about. That, like I've been saying before, you see these teams, they ain't gonna be us. But then the overall outcome. We're small in upset city here, so yeah, we, can we, we see talked about it too. This is, really this is the weekend, the, the weekend where you see a bunch of underdogs going against big dogs. Uh, it's going to be a weekend full of them. Uh, UCLA ends up beating mm-hmm. Colorado. Uh, we'll throw that one in there just for Blake. Uh, they end up beating them twenty-eight <laughs> to twenty-eight to sixteen. But let's jump to the the upset, another upset that we did have planned on the schedule, and that was the Tar Heels, the team that. Hey, everybody out there! Uh, you know, I, I thought Drake May was uh, was still a Heisman contender. Uh, I'm not going to hate on Drake May. He had a good game. All right, he did. He had a good game, but uh, he, overall, his team just didn't perform. The defense looked atrocious. This was a defense that we were complimenting earlier in the season because we look earlier in the season, the first five weeks, uh, they looked good. I, I'd say even six or I mean, yeah, probably six weeks. Uh, they, they looked good. This defense looked really good. I thought they were going to be able to stick around. And they didn't. Uh, that, that, whatever happened the, the, yesterday, uh, that that was a terrible game. Uh, you look at their second and their fourth quarter. That's really what killed them because they let them mm-hmm. twenty-four uh, in the second quarter, and then a, a twenty-two in the fourth quarter. They, they shut up zero the rest of the game, but the second and fourth quarter absolutely killed them. Georgia Tech ends up coming out uh, and, and winning this one, uh, forty-six to forty-two, and ends up upsetting the Tar Heels. At home, uh, so I mean, it was at home for Georgia Tech. So I just looking at this one, man. I just that this one doesn't make sense to me. It's one of those that I don't know what's going on because the offense was rolling. That was one thing that we always we've been criticizing was that the Tar Heels offense hasn't been rolling, and they were. They they scored forty two points, but where is your defense? And and they end up losing the game here. The defense, in my opinion, didn't even come off the bus. And then. 
just even talking back about Drake May, we wonder what is Drake May doing? Drake May needs to make some adjustments here. I mean, Taylor granted, he still had 300 yards on the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to rag on him because, like I said, I think he had a good game. Uh, but, I mean, just yeah. – it sucks that he has a good game, and then his defense does this, letting up over 600 yards, like 630-some yards on, on defense is what you let up. Yeah. That's disgusting, yeah. man. Dude, that was, ho- that was horrendous, to say the least. I mean, this is another thing that I talk about. You see an offense, like, for what North Carolina was bringing to the table. They got so much boost and hype, and we want to see their defense come up and do the exact same thing. Well, I can tell you right now, their defense was probably sitting on the bench eating dilly bars, and they weren't even paying attention and watching the game. Just because that was literally the most atrocious thing I've ever seen in college football right now. Like, we've talked about North Carolina, obviously, like you just mentioned. We talked about them and having so much hype for them. But – what is what are you doing? I'm sorry. If I was that defense coordinator, and mm, I'd have so much wise words to say to that defense just alone. So I'm gonna really I'm gonna keep my mouth shut before I say something bad. And just long story short, get your game plan together and actually show up and look like a defense instead of looking like a chicken with your head cut off. Yeah, yeah, just a terrible performance you get. You got outgained Horrible. when your when your offense puts up 577 yards. I expect you to do better than that. And and you, you stopped. Think. You stopped uh, North Carolina's defense. You stopped South Carolina. So, I mean, mm. you look at you look at their 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 games and the way that they've performed. I mean, let's let's back this up again and talk about this. They they stopped South Carolina, but only allowed uh, 17 points. They allowed 34 to Appalachian State, but we know what kind of team that is and what the history is there. Uh, Minnesota, they allowed that. They only allowed 13 points. I know Minnesota doesn't have a great a great uh, offense, but then looking at Pitt, only 24 points, uh, and then jump into Syracuse. Syracuse has been a pretty good team this year. They were scoring a lot earlier in the season, and you yeah. only allowed seven points. Uh, Miami, you allowed 31 points, but you were able to outscore them. 31 points against Miami. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dog you for that because that's I'll another give you good a thumbs team. Thumbs up for that one. Yeah, and 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 then you lose to Virginia and you lose to to Georgia Tech. Uh, the Virginia one, I blame a little bit on your offense because you should have been able, been able to to do more. But then now to Georgia Tech, your offense finally shows up and does something big, and your defense just it, they they cave and like like you said, looking like a chicken, uh, like a like a chicken with its head cut off, like a head with his chicken cut off. Um, but uh, you know, just <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going into this Tar Heels team. But uh, like I said, in, in the ACC, it's starting to look a little spicy because, uh, like I said too, it, it's looking like Louisville and Florida State. Let's look real quick at Louisville's mm-hmm. schedule because I'm curious. They've Louis- got Louisville. It- what's that? No, I was just to say between both of these teams, they should have a pretty. Uh, you would think a decent schedule coming towards the end of the year. Yeah, so they've got Louisville has Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, and Kentucky. Um, I, I'm I'm a little curious what's going to happen that Miami, Kentucky, but you should be able to beat Virginia Tech and Virginia. So I I, yeah. I got faith in you there. Uh, Miami and Kentucky yeah. is going to be tough. So you're at Miami. That's going to be tough. But then you got Louisville at home in a big time rivalry game. That's going to be a really fun one to watch. We're going to have to keep our eyes on that one. But I, I could see them winning that out. I, I could see them winning that out. I, th- I think they've got that. And then for yeah. Florida State, they've got Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and then Florida. So, man, that's that's not a fun a fun one to go through. But you've been progressing uh, and getting better throughout the season. 
uh, starting off with, with with Virginia Tech and turning things around there, beating Virginia Tech by a sizable margin, and then Syracuse, and then uh, beating up on Duke pretty well by 18 points, and then just this past weekend whooping up on Wake Forest, uh, that was like 41 to 16. So just looking yeah. at this 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 Florida State team, I think they can win that one, but that's not an easy schedule with Miami and Florida on it. Uh, but I think I think they've got enough, and so I mean I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it is. Louisville and Florida State. Otherwise, we're looking like Virginia Tech is right there behind them. Oh man, I don't know that that, that, that ACC matchup is looking looking spicy. I must say, uh, it's it's looking like a fun one to keep an eye on too. But guys, that's pretty much all we have for our recap tonight. Uh, we really do appreciate everybody. This is something new that we were trying to jump on here on Sunday nights. It sucks that we can't have Blake along with us along for the ride to talk a little bit of college football, but we wanted to get our college football recap out of the way a little earlier and a little closer to the time uh, of, of when these games are happening rather than waiting for you guys. You guys having to wait till Tuesday to hear what happened on Saturday. That just doesn't seem right. So we'll try to recap uh, NFL and then go into uh, our top 25 and then cover some national sports. We got NHL season upon us, guys. We got the MLB uh, World. It's finally the World Series going on right now. The Rangers looking good. Uh, and we're going to talk more about them on Tuesday. So make sure to tune in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and then, of course, as always, go in and, and join us live on YouTube on Saturday mornings. That's when we have our Rising in the Morning segments when, when we talk about all of these big-time matchups in college football and preview them. And then we're going to start on Sunday nights if we can squeeze it in there, we're going to do Sunday nights at 8.30. So join us, guys. We appreciate all of your love, all of your support. And until next time.